This is the Key to Authority podcast, episode number one. Welcome to the Key to Authority podcast, where it is all about helping you unlock the secrets of becoming the go-to expert in your industry. And here is your host, Jenish Pandya. Hello, and welcome to the launch episode of the podcast. And thank you so much for joining me today. Make sure you listen to the end of the show to find out more details about the podcast launch contest and how you could be in the running to win some awesome prizes. Since this is a launch episode, I've got a really special guest for you. He lectures in e-business on the MBA program at UW Business School. He also likes to spend as much time as possible among the high-tech startup community in Perth and is also passionate about how businesses can harness the power of digital. The guest I'm talking about is none other than Charlie Gunningham, the CEO of Business News. Business News is the largest independently owned media organization in WA. Originally from the UK, Charlie worked in Singapore for eight years before landing in Perth in 1997. Graduating as top MBA student from UWA Business School in 1999, he set up AussieHome.com an online real estate business, which he ran for 10 years until it was acquired by Rewa in 2010. Charlie then ran Rewa.com until 2013 when he joined Business News. Before we get into the interview, I'd like to thank today's sponsor. Today's Key to Authority podcast is sponsored by you. Yes, you, the awesome listener. This podcast would never have been possible without you and your support. Without you, this podcast would never exist. So I'd like to thank you for listening and sharing this podcast. I'm here to help grow and establish your authority, be it online or offline. And if there's anything I could do to help you, please do drop me a message or a comment and I'll do my best. Again, thank you for listening. So let's get right into the interview. Hey, Charlie, welcome to the Key to Authority podcast. Really appreciate you spending your time. I know being a business new CEO, you have a lot of meetings and things to do and spending this time to share with our audience is really great of you. Happy to be here. Hello, everybody. Uh, so Charlie, like probably some of the people know your story and how you came about doing what you're doing now and being the CEO. But if you'd like to share with our listeners uh, how where you I became, came from, who yeah. I am, yeah, sure. Well, I'm, uh, you probably tell from my strange accent, listeners, that I'm English originally. Although when I go back to England, they go, "You sound so Aussie," and when I'm here, they go, "You're such a pom." <laughs> but I was born in England, a school teacher, economics degree. Um, went to Singapore, yep. which was fascinating in the 90s, and was an economics teacher there in a big uh, international school, expat school. Mm. Played a lot of cricket, drummed in a band, uh, had a great time, met my wife, got married. Um, but I always wanted to come on to Australia. Yep. My older brother had been to Australia since 1982, and he settled here. So I moved here in 97 and did an MBA at University of West Australia. Loved it. Mm. was teaching part-time at Hale School, came out the other side. Amazingly, I topped the business school. I'd never topped anything, Janesh, in my life. Um, My dad said, I sent you all these fancy schools and you never topped anything. Why are you (laughs) topping things now? I said, thanks, Dad. Is that an encouragement? (laughs) Uh, I was initially teaching again, but I was fascinated in the end of the 90s by the internet and what it was going to do to business. And I met this uh, wild, crazy guy called Nick on the NBA. He's actually a Swiss guy via New York. And then we set up AussieHome.com, which was a... Uh, nothing to do with Aussie home loans. We were a Perth-based, mainly in the western suburbs, real estate portal, a bit like realestate.com or Rewa today yeah. or Domain. But I suppose we were one of the 
the early local ones. Yep. And we had to run around selling real estate agents the idea of putting their properties on the net. <laughs> when there was no basically net. <laughs> well, they were putting their money in a wheelbarrow and just giving it to the West Australian and the mm. Sunday Times and running around doing home opens. But I suppose the idea really came from I couldn't afford a property uh, in England in the late 80s on a teacher's salary in Essex. Yep. I went to Singapore where my salary tripled and I couldn't afford property there either <laughs> so when I came down here we finally bought a property Lisa yep. and I and just tramping around the home opens and looking at the paper on a Saturday where they didn't give you the price or the address mm. and just was I thought this is not going to be the way it's done in the future yep. it's all going to be laid out on a map for you on the internet you at least yep. do your searching so cut a long story short we, we ran Aussie Home for 10 years the first five years was pretty tough the second five years we made good money on mm. it once we got the, uh, I suppose we figured out what we were doing. We didn't know what we were doing. Um, but the real estate agents were really loyal and um, stuck with us. And we just grew the business. And I learned a tremendous amount about running digital businesses. Yep. Then sold the business to Rewa. And me and my staff went in in 2010 to run Rewa.com, which was great fun. Because there we're taking all our learnings from 10 years of Aussie into Rewa, into a big size, yep. you know, 50,000 visitors a day and seeing if it can transpose on a bigger scale. And we were delighted that it could. Rewa.com grew. Um, I suppose I'd been doing it for 13 years. And when Business News owner came and tapped me on the shoulder and said what they were doing at Business News, yep. I thought, well, there's the next challenge for me. You yep. know, I'd done teaching for 13 years. I ran Aussie Home and Rewa for 13. And now uh, I must have a 13-year itch. Now I'm, <laughs> I've been at Business News for two years, and yep. I'm absolutely loving it, seeing how digital is impacting media yep and that's a great story mm. and i especially loved about where you took a very small niche mm. business of just the local then going international and then obviously running rewa yep. um, i'm just gobsmacked of how many lessons you would have learned through all those 13 years of that yeah. plus the teaching well, i made a lot of mistakes <laughs> but i didn't know how much fun running a business could be yep i really enjoyed it yeah you know, that was the surprise for me on the upside it was very stressful, especially in the first 18 months, uh, because one thing I've learned about change is the greatest change happens slowly. And you can sort of ignore it if you're not sure whether it's happening or not. And another saying which uh, my friend Marcus Tan from Health Engine, the CEO of Health Engine, quotes is, uh, being early feels a lot like being wrong. <laughs> and when you're in... <laughs> If I was to go back in a time machine in Doctor Who's TARDIS and, and talk to myself <laughs> 15 years ago, that would be a bit freaky. But uh, once I got over the shock of meeting myself from 15 years in the future, I would say to myself then, the Charlie Gunningham of 99, keep going. Yep. You're on the right track. I know it's a bit slow at the moment, and I know it's going to take time for this shift from print to digital, but you are so going in the right mm -hmm. direction. Keep going. I'll give myself encouragement. Yep. At the time, I'm going, what the hell have I done? This is really, really <laughs> tough. Yeah. These real estate agents, you know, trying to get them to change, mm. put properties on the net and pay for it yep. was a real struggle. And, you know, it's the same here at Business News. I was just talking to the owner yesterday and saying, being early feels a lot like being wrong, but we've yep. got the right digital strategy. We can see it in the shift of advertising dollars from print into digital yep. and the growth of digital advertising the growth of digital audience, mm. we can just see it. Yep. So we just keep doing what we're doing. Yep. We're going in the right direction. Yeah, and that's absolutely right because being early feels being wrong. Like yep. people who started out because there was never that market, no. you always stumble upon as like, 
Should I be going or should yeah. I not? You always self-doubt. Now, you uh, could be wrong, of course. <laughs> and now, you might be wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> being wrong also feels like being wrong. So <laughs> that's that what takes strategy and, and you know, a bit of courage yeah. and a good mission and great people. Mm. And what I liked about the Business News Project, as Elton um, explained it to me, was that they'd really thought this through. You know, he'd, he'd gone to Harvard and done courses in this. He'd been, yeah. he, he's very well connected in the States and in the publishing and in the business world. And they'd really thought through a strategy mm. for two or three years, you know, and I just came in and picked up the strategy, yep. which was great. And, and I can see it working. And yep. what is also nice is the things I've learned at Aussie Home and Rewa uh, about online, about growing audience, about monetizing that audience yep. is also working in digital media. Yep. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings me to the question. So you've survived a lot of things throughout yep. the time from when there was no basically internet side of things yeah. to going to and now where digital is becoming the thing you have to do and it's yeah. a must mm. so what is that one key to surviving the digital age well i think the the key is always and it never really changed actually is being really close to your customers and understanding their needs yep i have i'm also spent a lot of time janesha in the startup tech uh scene around Perth, which is bur- which is blossoming and burgeoning. It's a yep. great scene. Uh, and people come to me and they've got this cool little app they've built <laughs> and they've spent 50, 100 grand on it, wow. 20 grand or whatever, <laughs> sometimes three times that. And I'm thinking I'm having a coffee with them and you know I might write about them in the business news or I might, because um, we have something called App Tech Business of the Week every week mm. in business news, uh, or I might be saying, oh, you should go and talk to this guy who's got a similar idea or, oh, you need a startup co-founder tech guy. Well, go and talk to them over there or are yep. you looking for money all right well, go and talk to this person they, mm. they might be interested you know and if not get some names um but often i don't know what problem they're solving yep if you're not solving a problem for a customer you're not creating value yep if you're not creating value they're not going to pay for it if they're not going to pay for it you haven't got a business <laughs> and like right at the core i don't think this has ever ever changed yep. is whether you're talking about printing a newspaper or a magazine, or whether you're talking about a new service like Uber or Airbnb or Netflix, what customer pain problem are you solving? Because yep. without that, you ain't you ain't going to have a business. Yeah. In, in the early days of Aussie Home, we used to sit the real estate agents down in our office after work, regular interviews, mm. intervals, open up some bottles of wine and cheese and dips and <laughs> say, tell us your problems. Yep. Tell us all the things you hate about being a real estate agent. Mm. Oh, and they'd go, go off. Like, we'd be taking notes and we'd go, oh, we can solve that one. Oh, we can, oh yeah, we could solve that one. Or we'd maybe come up with the idea later and go, yeah. what if we did this? What if we did that? They, Firstly, they love being listened to, mm. right? You're never, listening to your yeah. customers. You can never do enough of that. Mm. Um, and secondly, I think our best ideas for products came out of this. Yep. You know, So I think the key to surviving in the digital age, like it has always been, mm. really, really switch into the shoes of your customers. Yep your future customers, the ones, by the way, are going to pay. Yep. Not the users, maybe, of your app, mm. because the users might be a free app. Who's going to pay for this? No. So what problem are you solving? I think sometimes people get confused between users and customers. So yep. in Aussie Homes' case, the people who came to the website, thank you very much, but you're not actually paying me any money. Yep. My people who are paying, my customers are my real estate agents, mm. so I've got to solve their pain problems. Yep. Right. And I think that was a key learning early on. I sort of kept yep. keep faith with that one. I don't think you'll go far wrong. Mm. So I loved how you mentioned where you differentiated the users with the people because mm. nowadays being digital, you have 
clear segments, whereas, as you mentioned, a free app, there's yeah. people, yes, you're solving their problem by giving them a free app, but they're not, not putting paying the, for it. So, so where's the business, <laughs> where's the business yeah. model? You've just got a cool app. And in fact, the only problem you've solved is the problem of the app developer because you've paid them for it. <laughs> you've paid them to develop a cool app. Yep. So their problems are solved, but you've now got spent $100,000 on an app. Yep. It's on the app store. Mm. You're having two or three downloads a day. Few people think it's really cool. There are a billion apps. How are you going to cut through? Yep. Where's your business model? So it's like careful. Yep. You know, It's easy to start a business. It's easy yeah. to start an app business because if you raise some money or have your own money, mm. you're going to you end up buying things. You, yep. you you buy staff, you buy rent, you buy marketing, you buy app programmers or whatever <laughs> it is. You're buying things. Anyone can go and buy, buy things. things. The tough thing is selling. Yep. So revenue coming in, the business model, mm. that's what I look for when people come and I give them advice or yep. whatever or mentor them. And if they haven't got that clear, yep. I really have to send them away and say, you've got to think about this. <laughs> Seriously, if you're own good. Yep. You know, because we got it wrong, Aussie Home. We often, it, you know, the first 18 months, a couple of times, we almost didn't survive. Yep. If, thank goodness we kept close to the real estate agents and worked out their problems and helped them solve their problems because in the end, that is what kept us alive yep. and made us grow. So you mentioned quickly that you did actually talk to the real estate agents, mm. got them to, and you listened to them. Mm. So. Are there any other things that someone else could do to something like that or something online they could do mm. that you might have used as well, techniques or strategies? These days, goodness me. I mean, we didn't have this 15 years ago. These days, most of it's free. <laughs> you can build you know, a website and WordPress for free. You can get minimum viable product without shelling out 100 grand. Yep. You know, you you can do MailChimp and get e-newsletters. You've got social media. We didn't have social media. <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, yep. Instagram, Pinterest, Google+. Goodness me. And then you can survey monkey free. I mean, you can be surveying your clients, <laughs> yep. signing them up for e-newsletters. Mm. I mean, it's just all there handed to you. Used in the correct way, there's a tremendous amount now. Mm. You know, startups now can get going on 20 grand, yep. get to minimum viable product, work with their early customers. Yep. Like you said, very important point earlier, slice the market. You yep. noticed how we slice the market? Um, another one of my favorite sayings, which also comes from Marcus, is <laughs> boil the kettle before you try and boil the ocean. Right? Really important. <laughs> it's much easier to boil a kettle. If you can prove to me you can boil a kettle, then maybe one day you'll boil the ocean. But don't try and boil the ocean first. Yeah. Take a slice market, go after that, prove that you're solving a problem, and it's going to work, and there's hopefully money coming in. Yep. Then scale the business. Then you can take up other slices. Because mm. if you can kill a slice, nail a sector, a corner, yep. then maybe you can take the whole thing. That That's... That's really good advice, I think, early on, yep. right? and a lot of people forget that. Yeah, and in terms of that, uh, actually ni- niching down is, I think, w- what I hear from all that is mm. pinpointing and then expand from there. It's not yeah. targeting the whole sea of the world. I and mean, then- Uber started in San Francisco mm. and, and did that. Airbnb were really strong in New York and then went out. You know, Facebook were really strong in Harvard, universities, then went to universities, then went to schools, then across countries. to America, <laughs> and then countries. It's yep. like... Nail a slice first. Prove it can work. And look, fail often and fail fast. If you're going to fail, don't bet the bank. Now, we, yep. had to, we had to raise $200,000 to get going mm. back 15 years ago on a dot-com idea. Now, twenty grand can get you an awful long way into minimal viable product, early customers. Mm. Uh, another good, good startup guy who's floating around the scene, Sam Burning, Birmingham from yep. 
Startup Weekend. He goes, he said to me once, why are people pitching to investors? They should be pitching to customers. Yep. Right? Pitch to customers. Get customers on first and let them monetize and actually fund your business, your yep. startup. Um, so I think a lot of businesses could look at startups and mm. the way things are done. Yep. Like last weekend was a hackathon, unearthed yep. uh, hackathon, where, you, where some mining companies came in with problems at SpaceCube and said, here you go, um, computer geeks, solve mm. this problem. They hack it away for 48 hours, okay. and by Sunday they've got solutions. Mm. You know, And this is treat. This is teaching lessons to quite conservative industry going, wow, we can really solve problems in a different way now yep. by getting digital, getting smart, and getting fast, and, mm. and maybe subsuming some of that hackathon culture yep. into a corporate environment yep. might make you survive. You know, If anyone's going to disrupt your industry, why not try and disrupt it yourself? Self. Yep, absolutely. Disrupt your own business yourself. Mm. Now, in a way, at Business News, that's what we're doing. We're disrupting a traditional print industry, yep. throwing a hand grenade into our business model and going, we're, we're, we're going to go off in a new direction. Yep. And when I look around other media companies, I, I sort of go, well, they're certainly not, they're not doing it. Yep. And I think we're perceived as innovative and we are actually doing something. We're yep. out there with the emails in the morning and the website mm. and, and everything else we're doing. Yeah, and that love and boil down to exactly that as being you're close to your customer <coughs> and then working who your customer is and how you go about it. So wrapping things up, mm. when the listener goes away from this, what can they go and do in their business to either disrupt it or to come closer to your uh, to the customer yep. and even apply those hackathon kind of yep. business? Well, I think all of that, and I hope that, you know, I ran a small business, and I know what it's like. You get totally subsumed in everything. You, you, you know, you haven't got maybe the money or time to have a marketing manager, an HR manager, and a CFO. So you sort of <laughs> do it all yourself, yep. you know, and you've got four or five staff. I run a business like that, and it's just all consuming, mm. 24 hours a day. And you don't realize, and I didn't realize for 10 years till I left it, um, how much I'd been really in it yep. right so I think you've got to find time you know I, I find time to get away uh, and think yep. um, I think you've got to uh, subscribe to podcasts obviously this one and a yep. few others <laughs> right and listen uh, in that commute in the morning you know go to go, go to audible.com get some audio books um, listen be prepared learn don't assume things to be static think talk to other people right mm. try new ideas don't bet the bank try new things but don't think that the status quo is going to continue because markets are changing. Yep. And because the change is fundamental and often slow, it can be ignored. But the problem is, I tell a story about my dad who, who passed away a few years ago, but, but many years ago he had a brain tumor and no one knew about it. Mm. Now, it grew over five years. At, while it was growing over five years, no one knew because the change from day to day, seeing dad from today and tomorrow and yesterday, the change wasn't recognizable. But yep. over five years... The change was dramatic. Mm. Finally, we knew something was up. And thank goodness we found a, a doctor who could deal with it. Yep. And he lived for another 10 years. And I tell you, when he recovered after the operation, he looked 20 years younger. It was yep. incredible. He looked really, he was only in his early 70s then, mm. right? And he, he lived on for another 10 years. And I use that analogy to say, be careful of all these little things that are happening in your market. Yep. That if you just carry on doing the same thing, same thing, same thing. You don't take time away to think, meet, go on courses, and really immerse yourself in the new, yep. um, they're going to creep up on you and they're going to get harder and more expensive to resolve. And you might find, you know, taxi industry at the moment, Uber's come in in 18 months, has taken 10% of the taxi industry. There's a, res there's a research uh, a report I read from Boundless, um, the excellent Jonah Cassiope, who's mm. a per startup guy from Boundless. 
B-O-U-N-D-L-S-S. Go and Google it. (laughs) And he basically did a report that said that 25% of Australia's GDP is under attack from overseas digital Vikings. They come in with their digital backlacks in the next 10 years, and they're going to basically take potentially a quarter (laughs) of our GDP. If we don't get behind our own startups, if we don't think about how Mm. we're going to go digital and and how digital might disrupt our industry, we are going to be just laid bare. This is really rather disconcerting. I don't want to give your listeners too much of a concern, but got to be thinking about these things. That would be my message. Cool. And that's appropriate because if you don't think about it, you won't realize it too late and then it's fun. So how can they get in touch with you? What's your Twitter or LinkedIn or website or your blog? Thank you, Janish. Um, My Twitter is uh, at Chaz Gunningham, so C-H-A-Z-G-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M because Charlie Gunningham is too long on Twitter, (laughs) so Chaz Gunningham. Or you can look me up on LinkedIn and I'd love to connect with people Um, or get in touch with me at Business News. Yep. Yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity. I've enjoyed the chat. All right. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Cheers. Cheers, Janesh. Wow, weren't there so many things to digest and implement? After the interview with Charlie, I had quite a few insights into my own business and few key takeaways from the interview itself. I also immediately signed up for Audible, as Charlie suggested, and I've started listening to audiobooks. And they're really awesome, especially when you're on the move, on the car, or in the gym. So if you want to sign up to Audible, Go to key2authority.com slash audible to get a free audiobook when you sign up for a free trial. And there are over 150,000 audiobooks to choose from. The key takeaway from today's episode was to disrupt your own business and keep learning constantly. So make sure you have a look at what you can disrupt in your business and also subscribe to this podcast to continue your learning journey. To thank you for being some of the first listeners of the podcast, I'm running a contest with some awesome prizes. The contest is going to run till the 26th of April 2015. There are five awesome prizes to be won and each prize will be announced at the end of each episode for these two weeks. So to be in the running, you simply have to subscribe to the podcast and then leave a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. And to get more details on the contest, go to keytoauthority.com slash launch contest. One of the prizes for the contest is an eight-week trial of the business newspaper delivered straight to your home or office, totally free with no obligations. And I really appreciate Charlie for offering such an awesome prize. In the next episode of the Keto Authority podcast, you'll hear from the person who is responsible for me starting my business and without him, I wouldn't be where I am right now. So make sure you look forward to that and you subscribe to this podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. And if you want to get all the details and links we talked about in the show, go to Keith Authority slash EP001 to get the show notes. Thank you and see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Key to Authority podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share at www.keytoauthority.com. We'll see you next time.